1: are in first place and twins fans couldn't be angrier let's see if we can make them feel better or maybe worse here on the chin music show with royce molly lavelle neal and jim suhan brandon morton is our producer this is part of TalkNorth.com. thank you for listening all right guys let's let's get to uh royce lewis and byron buxton the twins uh you know i, I reported uh Last weekend, the Bucks has patella tendonitis, that it's uh, causing him a lot of pain. He's having to go through a lot of rehab every day. They're trying not to play him on his scheduled days off. They are going to rest him. They're hoping to get 100 to 110 good games out of him instead of uh, you know pushing him and having him end up on the injured list. And the Twins sent down Royce Lewis when he was playing as well or better than anyone else on the roster. Let us start. The Royce Lewis stuff is a little newer. We're recording here on Thursday morning. Let's start with Royce Lewis. I know people are very angry that you would send down somebody playing as well as Royce Lewis. I'm interested in your views. Roy, we haven't had you on in a couple of weeks. Let's start with you. What do you think of the Royce Lewis move?
2: You hate to see it. Um, and I'm, I'm with Twins fans to to a degree because he was, he's, he's an exciting player to watch. He's playing great. Uh, there's a, there are a lot of positives to take from what he did uh, up here. What what he did and how he played just looked the opposite of uh, fluky or just a good stretch. Uh, he absolutely uh, looked, behaved, comported himself like he belonged in the big leagues. And then he, you know, he proved it, 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 it at shortstop and and at the plate. And I love his, I, I love his approach at the plate. I like his swing. I like how he's able to get the big end of the bat to the ball that, uh, efficiently. There, I mean, we could go on, I could go on and on about – because I haven't seen him play, you know, and, and, and watch him here. I, my first thought was after I saw him the first game or two, I thought, man, we, there's a reason why he was drafted where he was drafted. This, this kid is, has got a world of talent. All right. Having said all that, and he doesn't deserve to be sent down. that That's the – he absolutely does not deserve to be sent down. Now, the problem is what are you going to do? Where You know, I mean, he's got to play every day. He has got to play every day. And uh, he's missed two years uh, with COVID and injury, and he can't – and Gio Urshela is playing about as well as you can play third base. Uh, and – if you want him to play shortstop, then he's got to go down and play, he's got to play shortstop every day uh, until uh, until a decision is made about Correa. So, I, I mean, I understand what the what the Twins did. He he, has, he can't sit around. I, I mean, that would be – and I I don't know whether Twins fans want him to play third base, but that doesn't – I mean, that doesn't look like a clear-cut – Absolutely, he should, he should learn to play third base uh, because he'll play it as well as Urshela can, can play it. He might He might turn out to be a better offensive player, but, I mean, where are you going to play him? So it, you could play him in the outfield against uh, left-handed pitchers. Again, he's got to play every day. He's got to play against both right and left. So, I mean, it's frustrating. He doesn't deserve it. He's wonderful to watch. I wish he were playing every day, but he's got to play every day somewhere, and it's it's not going to be here.
0: Yeah, I think Roy's right right about that. Um I mean, I'm I'm I was encouraged a lot by what I saw in the brief stint he was up here. Um I was always been concerned about the high leg kick and it looks like he's cut down on that a little bit. Um uh, but you know, he pretty much stays pretty much solid in the in the batter's box. He doesn't drift forward too much. Um and he gets the bat on the ball and the ball jumps off his bat and it looks like he can be a high impact guy and the Twins believe, really believe that He's going to hit for power uh, eventually, and you saw some glimpses of that. The the thing it cracks me up about the fans, and they should be understandably. They should be upset that he's being sent down when he's batting three hundred eight, and someone like Jose Miranda is still on the roster, and he's not even batting a hundred. But when you have not played in 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 the last two seasons, one because of COVID, and the other one because uh, you you blew up your knee. Um, you've got you've got to be on the field every day and uh, at the position that they think uh, he's going to thrive at. And he showed all the, the he showed all the ability to be able to hold down a shortstop spot. So he is a potential cornerstone guy at short, and that's where you want him to play. Uh, someone tried to argue that they didn't worry about this with Nick Gordon. I was like, well, Nick Gordon's. Uh, Sand in his glass had expired in terms of still being a top prospect. Uh, it was about Nick just finding the job in the majors, which was going to be a utility role. That's not what you want from Royce. And the thing about uh, his past is that he has played one game at second in the minors. He has played one game at third in the minors. He has played one game in the outfield in the minors. He did play 12 games at third in Arizona Fall League. Arizona Fall League is a league in which players routinely have to Show up to uh, the stadium every day and apologize apologize to their teammates for getting hammered the night before, and the league in which dogs are allowed to sit in the dugout with, with teams. So it's it's not even a, it's it's just kind of a spring break for b- baseball prospects there. So um, I can understand the Twins' concerns about having him all of a sudden moving him around. Uh, when he hasn't played a lot in two years, when he hasn't had a really lot of experience at playing other the positions and I, I uh, the, that's when the fans crack me up because they automatically want someone moved to another position when they see an open spot and, you know, Miguel Sano being, uh, out with knee surgery leaves a gaping hole at first that, uh, people think that Royce can just go over and play. But, uh, I think we all want Royce to thrive as a shortstop And so he should go down to the Saints and and play short and maybe move around a little bit um, and wait till his next opportunity because the way things are going with the Twins
1: team, they're probably going to need him a couple more times before the season's over. And that's one thing that we, we see in baseball a lot. And it's something I've tried to, as a writer, get away from is people are always angered and panicked by the. The opening day roster. They're angered and panicked by every move. Somebody gets sent down or sent up. They always want the you know the young prospect to get the job. Now the reality is all this is going to play out. And you know what? The Twins are going to have 42 injuries this year, and Correa will probably end up being banged up at some other point. But it's just the way modern baseball is. Uh, he will get other opportunities. Uh, I will say the two of the most coo- the two of the coolest things I think about watching Royce during this last stretch. Number one, I saw him uh, go around and just treat everybody really well. Uh, this is a high-quality young man. Uh, he, he has a great personality. He He's he's going to be a wonderful guy to have around for everybody uh, whenever he settles in. Number two, I was never 100% sure whether he was an athlete playing shortstop or a shortstop who happened to be a great athlete. And after watching him up here, I feel like he's a shortstop who's also a great athlete. I think that's a great thing for this franchise because Correa is probably going to opt out after this year, and, and Royce Lewis will be ready for that. Uh, and to echo what you guys said, Ursula was playing great at third base. You don't move a great third baseman off third base. Um, first base is harder than people think it is. Uh, I remember watching just it took Justin Morneau – a great athlete who worked really hard. It took him years to go from being a terrible first baseman to being a good first baseman. And to his credit, he became a great first baseman, but it took him a while. You don't do that in one day. Uh, so Mauer was much afraid as he was going to suck at first. Right. Yeah. And Mauer wasn't great his first year at first base, and he's a great athlete. Who, you know, and it took Mauer a while to kind of figure it out. Uh, so learn. You know, playing a position you never really played before for a team that is in first place and is playing pressurized games I just don't think it's ideal and here's the other thing everything was positive do you really want to in, introduce a negative in Royce Lewis's big league experience if you don't have to uh the guy you know everything went perfectly everybody loves him uh, everybody loves him for all the right reasons you put him over first base he botches two plays and all of a sudden you know his first big league experience isn't as positive I, i'm okay with him sending him down and i actually and i expect you know and we might see him back here fairly soon.
0: I just looked it up. The Twins have already used forty-one players this year. Okay,
1: yeah. he's going to be back not through May. Yeah, he'll be back.
2: But not only that, I mean, it, it's not going to take it, it's not going to take um, uh, too much in today's game for uh, for Correa, for example. I mean, it doesn't have to be a major injury uh, right. for him. They they, ta- they protect players so much. If Royce Lewis goes down and he's killing it in AAA and, and uh, you know, Correa gets an owie, um, you know they'll they'll sit him down. Bringing Royce Lewis up, them they protect players so much. It's not. It, it's just. It's just different nowadays. So I, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, to 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 see him come come back at, at all um, during the course of the season.
1: No doubt about it. Uh, hey, We are going to do a special uh, prep today with John Millay at the TCO Brooklyn Park Grand Opening on Saturday. It's going to be all morning. Our podcast will be 1130 to 1230. We'll have some special guests, uh, including the the great Gover uh, incoming basketball player. Uh, we have Viking players showing up. Daniel Hunter showed up the last time we did this. Braden Carrington will be our guest. Uh, Ryan Shaver will be there. I think Randy Shaver is going to be there. It's just a lot of fun. Uh, they'll have giveaways. They're beautiful facilities. Again, TCO Brooklyn Park Grand Opening Event, all – saturday morning our podcast 11 30 12 30 we'll take live questions uh please come out and join us for that thanks to our sponsors corona the official import beer sponsor of the minnesota twins and the presenting sponsor of the chin music show at TalkNorth.com. thanks also to perfect ash and tsr injury law and if you'd like to advertise with this show or the new dave lee show or the go gopher podcast or any of the shows across our podcast network including all of our outdoor content you can reach karen cleary at k-c-l-e-a-r-y at TalkNorth.com. Let's get to Buxton. Uh, I reported the previous weekend that he has patella tendonitis, It caused him a lot of pain. It caused him a lot of pain when he swings, which means that DHing him isn't the solution you would like to think it would be. Uh, they're hoping for a good 100 games out of him and that he's healthy in September and October when they would need him play him every day. Um, and of course, fans are very angry that I don't know. I don't know why your fans are angry. But, hey, I haven't talked to either of you guys about this. Uh, Roy, what what are your thoughts on Buck?
2: Well, you know, I guess we have to be – you know, we have to counter blessings uh, with with him. If if they get 110 games, then it's – and they're – and the times that he's off is not uh, so stretched out that he – that he becomes, you know, real streaky. Uh, But I mean, if he gets a hundred, 110 games of, you know, just normal, uh, normal production, then I, I guess we've, we've got to be happy. I mean, obviously I'd like to see him play 140, you know, 150 games. Um, I don't know if anybody plays 150 games anymore. Maybe, maybe um, Polanco will play, you know, uh, that many or more, maybe, maybe Correa if he doesn't get, get hurt. But, you know, people, players just don't. They get lots of time off. <clears throat> so 110 games from Buck would be. You know, I mean, I guess we we, we just have to. We'll have to be have, have to be happy with that. the The most important thing will be, um, you know, I mean, if they can get in the playoffs with Buck playing 110 games, then, and then he can be healthy throughout the, you know, as you say, through September and and into the playoffs. Then, then it works. You know, and and I, I think they, I think they're hamstrung. I don't think they have anything else to do. They can't just say, "Buck, you got to go out there and play hurt." Um, and this this is a different sort of injury, and it's a it, it's a uh, it, it's a performance um, uh, detriment uh, kind of injury. So we, you know, we uh, take the good with the bad.
1: His games played last six years, twenty five. Uh, well, twenty five this year. Uh, so previous five years, sixty one. 38 87 28. So, you know, I know that fans think this is some kind of reduction that they want to play him 110 games. It would be the most game and if he if he plays, you know, if he plays 88 games, he'll play more games than he's played since
0: 2017. Laval? crazy. It's crazy when you put it that way. I mean, um but yeah, but that's what the last few years have been with, with Buck. Uh 100 games would be also would be a victory <laughs> actually. Uh if he can um if he can uh last that long. Uh, look and even he's missed already a third of games. And if he plays in a hundred games, that's right about sixty seven percent of the schedule. So you take as Broy points out, you take you you would take that from Buck compared to what's gone in the last few seasons. But in, in twenty five games he's got a one point five war, which uh you know, which makes him about a six or seven war player. If he plays over if he continues that production over 100 100 110 games and that, you know that's a damn good season that's an all-star uh output you know and that would definitely you know help the twins cause here uh in in the division it's it's unfortunate he's got the tendonitis that so he's going to have to battle um i still think that uh, my argument is that i understand uh on the days they want to rest him he's probably not even doing any work he's probably not doing a lot of pregame work um he's not um It looks like he's in the dugout. You know, I don't think his jersey's on. I think he's got like a pullover or a jacket on. He's just kind of sitting there, you know, supporting his teammates. Um, But I still think there's going to be three or four times during the season where he may not be starting, but they're going to need to break glass in case of an emergency and see if he can go out and pull a Kirk Gibson and and use one swing of the bat to win a game. Um, I remember when I was on the beat, the Twins were in Cleveland. I know I'm not comparing Matt Lawton to – Buxton, but the, uh, the Twins are playing Cleveland. Uh, Lawton had gotten a day off. I think there was a there was a, a lefty on the mound. There was a starting lefty on the mound, um, and then a right-hander came in uh, later in the game. Anyway, Lawton was in the clubhouse. He was watching the game on one TV. He was watching a movie on a, another TV. Okay, it's like the eighth inning, and there are two runners were on base. I think a right-hander was on the mound, and then. Uh, Mike Hargrove waited a little too long to try to get a left-hander warm-up with the bullpen. So Tom Kelly's in the on the bench going, "You took too long, Gro- Grover. And he uh, sent someone down the runway to go get Lawton. Matt Lawton said he threw on his jersey, he grabbed a bat, he walked out of the clubhouse, down the tunnel, didn't stop at the batting cage, walked out of the dugout, walked past the on-deck circle, and went straight to the batter's box. They hit a two-run double, and the Twins end up winning the game. So it's possible that in moments where you need a swing to win the game that you can you can bend your protocols a little bit here and, and give Buck a chance to win the game.
1: I have a follow-up thought on that. We do want to remind you, once again, Corona is the official import beer sponsor of the Minnesota Twins and the presenting sponsor of the Chin Music Show at TalkNorth.com. Also, Lavelle's going to tell us about one of his favorite places, Perfect Ash.
0: Yes, if you're a, a cigar fan like I am and you enjoy a good stick every now and then, um, check out the Perfect Ash located in Evergrove Heights, Minnesota. They have over 340 um, models of cigars for you to choose from. They have a wonderful lounge with leather chairs and plenty of TVs. I stopped by there yesterday and there was a bunch of people there watching the Twins game against the Oakland A's. Um, so you can go there to watch sports. You can go there and sit with other like minded individuals and have a good smoke. So that is the perfect ash
1: located in Inver Grove Heights, Minnesota. Thanks also to TSR Injury Law 612 TSR time. 612 TSR time. Here's the problem with pinch hitting Buxton if he has patella tendonitis and he's undergoing treatment and you're trying to give him a certain amount of days off. Uh, now maybe you can pinch hit him in a walk-off situation where if he gets a base hit, the game's over and I'll have to just, just jog to first. That's what but I was thinking. If, but if you put him in a situation where he might have to try to beat out a ground ball to short, or he might hit a gapper and be tempted to stretch it to, you know, a double or a triple, uh, or he might be required then to stay in the game and play center field. All of a sudden you're, you're putting somebody at risk for a very, you know, for a a very small assignment that might not work out in your favor anyway i just think there's there's some risk there that uh, is easier over to overlook
0: uh these are risks that the twins are gonna have to face anytime they play buxton um if he's going to play on that on that bad knee um and if he could just get heated up in a, in in a, in a couple minutes and get and he's probably watching these games too and see where they headed as well so he can go down in the clubhouse in the eighth inning and start getting limber maybe stretching and telling Rocco i got a swing in me if you need me and then uh, Rocco can go ahead and break glass in cases of an emergency. So I, I I just think that's an option. I'm not saying routinely do it. I just think there's maybe three or four times a year where he could be in a walk off situation and can win the game for you, and you should go ahead and consider that.
1: And I don't think they're going to do that. I think they basically ruled that out. Uh, you know, maybe it's a must win game in September or something. That's a different thing. Uh, I, let's also let's go really basic here. Let's let's just reel this whole conversation back. To something that is easy to overlook, especially since Twins fans always think it's, you know, there's something that that there's always a pull ad conspiracy or the Twins really don't want to win or whatever else. (laughs) Um, No, really. That's where so many of these conversations in Twins fandom end up. You know, it's like, why don't they want to win? Uh, They want to win a World Series. Falvey came here to win a World Series. Rocco wants to win a World Series. If they're playing Buxton, if their plan to play Buxton is 100 games, it's not because... They don't want him to play 140 games they do want to play 140 games it's because they've ruled out 140 games as a possibility while keeping him healthy I mean it, you know it, I know that might seem obvious but that that is what's going on here Roy any other thoughts on Buck
2: no I I, I really don't I mean I think we've uh, I think we've uh, we've covered it we got we have to take you know the best uh scenario that that we can and I think your point's a good one. I mean, it's insane to think that they're going to play him 110 games when he's totally healthy, 100% healthy all year, but they just want to make sure they're protecting him. That's insane. They're not doing that. If they – your point's the right one. If they felt like they could play him 140 or 50 games, he'd be playing 140 or 150 games. I mean, it's simple as that. You know, one of the things about the fans right now, you can tell that the whole community, the whole sports fan community here is just – Gigantically pissy, uh, <laughs> and, and it, it, I mean they're mad at, they're mad about the wild. I mean there's all this stuff that you, that you're reading about. Here's how awful Twins uh, uh, Minnesota sports have been. They go through the wild and the golfers and and the Vikings and the Timberwolves and the you know and the and and, and the Twins and and everybody is just uh, uh, really. In a very very bad mood right now. So anything that happens, there's not going to be anything good that happens for any team here for a little while until the Twins, uh, uh, until and unless the Twins get in the playoffs, and then people will say uh, they're going to lose. And uh, if they if they do lose in the playoffs, then then it'll just be another line item in their litany of stuff that they're mad about every team since you know for the last sixty years.
0: Roy, right, I think you're right. Um, this is a beaten up fan base. Now They haven't had uh, a chance to enjoy many championships in recent years. And there was some hope. There was a lot of hope for the Wild going into the hockey playoffs. And there was some excitement for the Wolves going into the basketball playoffs, of course, because the Wolves have not made the, the, the playoffs many times in the last, like, what, 12, 15 years. And, um, and now uh, every time a Minnesota sports team loses a playoff series, that record gets longer. And people are are faced to look at that and it puts them in a bad mood. So, And so now it's like even when a team is doing well like the Twins, I think people try to look for weaknesses or perceive weaknesses and point to that as a reason why we can't get emotionally invested with the squad yet. Um, When I think this Twins team is rather intriguing. I think they play good defense. Um, They got – one of the most exciting players in the game in, in Byron Buxton. Um, it looks like they got some young guys like Lewis coming up the pike. Alex Kirilov had four hits for uh, for St. Paul yesterday, which is encouraging. And his pitcher staff's been better advertised. They've gotten mileage out of Griffin Jacks. They've gotten mileage out of Stashak. Uh They got this Cuban kid that throws ninety five and does not cannot is in- incapable of throwing a straight fastball. It's got to have some sort of movement on it. Um, they, they, they've got, uh, you Duran, who's throwing 102. There's a lot of things to, to look at this team and go, you know what? This is kind of fun to watch this team play, but, um, they' they are in a pissed off mood over, you know, recent results and, you know, recent twins failings in the postseason as well. They've lost eight consecutive, 18 consecutive playoff games, but I try to tell them enjoy the moment now because, um, the way this division is shaken out, the twins are going to be around first place, I think for the majority of the season have a chance of being division champions y'all so um you you may want to enjoy this ride instead of worrying about potential potholes down the road
1: I couldn't agree more Lavelle and I I just think is listen the wild ended up with a bad matchup right they had a great regular season uh and I think Kaprizov is the most fun I've seen in hockey in a long terrible
0: format by the way it's a two seed playing a four seed in the first round
1: yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I know. But it also is a format that you know requires some luck, too. They could have ended up with a good matchup. They ended up with a bad matchup. It happens. Uh, mm-hmm. The Wolves were not supposed to beat Memphis. Memphis had the second-best record in the NBA this season. Right. Uh, and so, you know, we can't pretend that they were supposed to win that series. And if you're going to be a sports fan, and especially if you're going to be a baseball fan, I don't know how you could be a baseball fan without appreciating – an interesting regular season because baseball is still a regular season sport. And then the postseason somewhat of a crapshoot. We know that. Um, I, I, I love this team. I think this is a really cool collection of personalities. Uh, Duran's fascinating. Uh, the way they've handled their pitching is fascinating. Joe Ryan is as likable a guy as you're going to come across. Royce Lewis is as likable a likable guy as you're going to come across. Buxton's incredibly likable. Uh, you see great athletes out there. They're, they have exceptional fielders. Uh, they're, you know, I don't know. I, I, I just, I'm going to enjoy the season. Even if fans don't want to, I will enjoy this season. Uh, Roy, give us your perspective on what you, you know, what, how, what you're going to be watching this summer.
2: Yeah. I, I, I am in total agreement with you in terms of how I personally uh, will be invested in this team. I just love watching them play. And the reason I like watching them play so much, it, I, I think everybody should look at uh, their team that they follow in a, in a couple of ways. Uh, one is, do I are there players on the on the field, and how many of them are there that you would go watch just because they're on the field? And the the Twins have Byron Buxton. I, I don't care if they lost a hundred games. I'd watch Buck play every day. And now they've got Carlos Correa. I'd watch him play every day and enjoy it. The the man can just flat out play the game of baseball offensively and, and defensively. And to your point, he's a wonderful guy. And, and uh, I would watch Jorge Polanco. When Jorge Polanco gets hot, I would go watch it. You know, I look forward you know to turning the television on when I'm not doing games to turn it on and just watching these guys play. I would watch Gio Urshela play third base every day. Uh, and so, I, and then the, you know, the supporting players around those guys, Kepler every once in a while jumps up and does something spectacular or a, a week full of spectacular. And uh, they've got a Luis Arise who's who's fun to watch hit 300 when he's in there. They're, so And I'm not even talking about pitching staff. Joe, Joe Ryan's fun to watch. I think Bailey Ober's fun to watch. Duran is a blast. Um, and, uh, so, you know, you look at the individual players and, and you say, I'm going to turn this on and I got a pretty good chance of seeing somebody do something really, really cool. And mm-hmm. yeah, and I've kind of alluded to the second point, which is as a team, it's pretty fun to watch because they have ways to win and ways to preserve wins, uh, a lot of different uh, kinds of ways. And so, you know, you can tell, I mean, I'm getting excited just talking about this because this is really fun it, and they may or may not win the division. They may or may not, if they do, they may or may not get far in the playoffs. I mean I hope they do but baseball is a, is a long season I mean there's 6 months of real fun that we're going to see. I mean it's going to take us through you know from um, you know this you know really ugly cold spring and uh, until we get into get into cold fall. And in the meantime we're going to watch you know we're going to spend 6 months watching really fun fun baseball. That's all I really care about.
1: No doubt about it. And fielding is the, the cool thing about great fielding too. Is it's there every day. You know, anybody, anybody can go over five any given day, but great fielders tend to find a way to make a play every day. And between, uh, you know, between Correa slash Lewis, Buxton, Urshela, Polanco playing a great tr- uh, second base, uh, you know, Jeffers being really good behind the plate. It, that is the art of the game, and that is fun to watch.
2: And Kepler well, and Kepler complements. Kepler's a too. Kepler's he's, a very good right fielder as well. You're right. He's underrated as an outfielder. He's a he's a very good outfielder. And you put Buck in center and Kepler in right field and and Urshela, Correa, Polanco. I mean, you you've got some guys that are going to do exactly what you say. There's going to be something really fun
1: uh, every night that you're going to see. Absolutely. Uh, by the way, Brandon, have you uh cranked up the Talk North uh T-shirt making j- machine? Do we have the gigantically pissy uh, T-shirts made up yet? <laughs> uh, maybe we'll just shorten it. We'll call it GP. Everything in everything in modern society has to be uh, shortened. So we're we're going to go with our GP. Uh, our you know we we will refer going forward to Twins fans being GP uh, from now on. Uh, hey, let's get a final thought from you guys. So once again, thank you to uh, Corona, Perfect Ash and TSR. Next week, I want to talk more about kirillov and where he might end up fitting in and Sano and everything else today. Obviously, we had the big topics of Lewis and Buxton. Thank you for listening to TalkNorth.com. We've added Dave Lee uh, of WCCO fame. We've added Mike Grimm, who does the Go Gopher podcast. Uh, we have the great lineup with Cheryl Reeve and Anthony LaPanta and uh, Michael Russo and everybody else, John Krasinski. We also have tons of outdoor content. Uh, to wrap up today's show, let's go. Lavelle first, final thought. Well, my final
0: thought is um, actually it's also a tease to my column for Sunday is about uh, this pitch com, uh that's going, that's sweeping baseball. And I, I think it's great um, that a catcher can press a couple buttons on his wrist and the pitcher can be told what, what pitch to throw. But we are it's also going to uh, take away the moments like the one I covered years ago and I actually called Ron Gartenhardt and had him re, re, recant the story. I mean, uh, re, re, retell the story of the day that LeVon Hernandez was pitching in, uh, in Colorado during interleague play, and he suspected that the runner on second base was was uh, t- picking up the signals and relaying them to the hitter. And Levo, I think Brendan Harris was the second baseman. I think Adam Everett was a shortstop, and he called both those guys over for a, a confab. And then he went back to work, and then whirled toward second as if he was going to throw a pickoff, uh, make a pickoff throw toward second. Instead, he drilled the runner in the chest with the ball. <laughs> and that message was delivered: you do not steal signs from me. Um, we won't see hitters getting buzzed anymore uh, for stealing signs, which adds a little flavor to games. And uh, Ron Gardenhire retold that story for me uh, for Sunday's paper.
1: <laughs> uh, Ron Gardenhire, who uh, always referred to Brandon Harris as Brandon, by the way. That's right. That's exactly right.
0: Oh, you'll love this too. Uh, sorry to go off on a tangent here. I called Gardy, and Gardy picks up the phone. I could hear water splashing in the back. So he's had his pool in Florida. So I said, Gardy, this is uh, your favorite, slightly husky African American sports writer. Gardy, w- without a beat, Immediately responded, and the shortest one too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's trying to, show you to narrow things down for him, though. Yeah, exactly. Oh Lord! All right, Roy. Final thought.
2: Well, my final thoughts about um, is about the uh, the Twins uh, front office. Everybody's mad, you know, right now about the Royce Lewis deal. I just want to point out uh, once again uh, how smart and how uh how what a what great moves they made uh in the offseason to get them to this point we're all mad about Royce Lewis uh going down what a problem they have now Royce Lewis can play big league shortstop and be a foundation player to use labels um, labels uh, term and and they've got one of the best players to ever play shortstop and you know combination defense and offense in, in Carlos Correa so Royce Lewis is ready to play. He'll be the shortstop next year if Carlos Correa decides to leave. If Carlos Correa decides not to leave, which is, I mean, what a great move! this is kind of uh, trade Przinski, uh because you got Mauer in the wing. Kind of, kind of you know, make a make a great trade for a player that that uh, was a good major league player, and they were allowed to get them a lot of talent in return. Now you got Royce Lewis. Waiting in the wings when everybody knows he's he's going to be able to he's going to be he can be the shortstop. If Correa decides to stay and he wants to stay, what a great problem! Now we can talk about where where we're going to play Royce Lewis. I mean, we don't need to talk about it right now. We need to talk about it when either Correa leaves and they save a whole bunch of money and get a really good player playing shortstop, and they can spend the money elsewhere. Or he stays, and and they've got this this wonderful problem of where are you going to play one of the better athletes on the field uh, in Royce Lewis. So I I just think uh, people are you know it's really easy to get mad at the poll ads, as you say. It's really easy to get mad at the front office. This front office, you you know, stepped up this year, and and what we're seeing now with the Correa deal, with Royce Lewis in the wings, with the trade that they made a few years back, they got Duran. What a great move! They've got the uh, yeah the young Cuban reliever. They've got they've got they've got Miranda. By the way, we didn't talk about him. He's hitting a, a hundred, but but I really like his approach at the plate. They've got they've got bodies now, and they're not just bodies taking up space. These they've got big league players, and so good on them.
1: And I agree with you. I think Miranda has a great approach. He's just in his own head right now, um, and but I like his approach. I think he's going to hit big league pitching. I, I like him. I like everything about him. And even even the uh, the Presley deal, which everybody hated uh, for obvious reasons for a long time, now Celestino looks like a real player. He's been great uh, playing as kind of a backup uh, combo center fielder. So yeah, I you know <laughs> you know the funny thing is as Lavelle knows, as a, a columnist now. Sometimes the columnist's job to say the negative things that nobody else is willing to say out loud. Uh, I feel like with the Twins, it's also almost our job to say, hey, you know what? They're in first place. <laughs> they're in first place. They're fun to watch. Uh, you know, They're going to make some roster moves that make you scratch your head every once in a while. But good Lord. Let's see the big picture. This is a first place team, and I think they got a chance to be in a first place team all year.